Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel, and today I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. But before we break open the bread of life, let's invite the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in your love, that we may be vessels of your mercy, your compassion, your love in this world that is in desperate need of you. We invite the Holy Spirit to allow us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then to put love into action. So, Holy Spirit, come into this meeting and help us that we may truly be instruments in the salvation of souls and vessels of your love, mercy, and compassion in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we are in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Jesus told his disciples this parable, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamp, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry. Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I always like to say that a parable is an earthly story that reflects a heavenly reality. And for me, this, this story for me just says, you know what, David? You don't know when your last day on earth is. So for me, it, it, it beckons to the gospel of James that says that faith without works is dead. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't buy those works from the merchants downtown. That the works that we that are the fruit of our yes to the Lord, I believe that's that's kind of the oil that we build up throughout our lives. That these works, it says, you know, again in Matthew, I think the gospel is that let your works shine like a light before you so that others may come to believe in Christ. So for me, 
I'm all in. And the fruit of my all in is not just lip service, because we noticed that these other virgins, they called Lord, Lord. So they, they definitely knew about the Lord, but they didn't have any oil. They didn't have their flasks full. In other words, during their life, they made choices, personal choices, that didn't allow God to work in them, with them, and through them, and produce these good works, which are our works of love, that we're asked to produce every day the fruit of our yes. So Lord, help me to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and our heart to respond, that I may be that vessel every day, your hands, your feet, your eyes, to do those good works that you choose to do in me, with me, and through me, so that I may have a storehouse full of that grace, that good wills, good works, that when you come, I'm all yours. My, my lamp is trimmed. Wow. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting that all of the virgins, all 10, became drowsy and fell asleep, right? And then all of the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. I think it's what you're saying. We have this point in time, let's say at the end of our life here on earth, where we could call that the the moment where we all fall asleep. But it's before the time where they fell asleep where half of them were wise and they brought flasks of oil. Half of them did not. Um, and at the end of it, it's it's the half that did not have the oil where Jesus, well, sorry, the, the bridegroom, Lord, Lord, in this parable says, I do not know you, therefore stay awake. Uh, I think it's important what we do while we're awake, like yeah. while we're living on this earth. Yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting when the, call it the five foolish virgins with no, virgins with no oil, who do they go to for oil? They go to the other five virgins and say, give me some of your oil. And when they say, give me some of your oil, they say, sorry, you got to get in town. You got to buy it for yourself. You can't have some of mine. And it just reminds me of, I, I think this is a parable related to our lives. There's going to be a point in time where we're going to get to say, here is the oil that mm -hmm. I bought. And, and the word bought to me means it cost you something. As opposed to, I got some oil from somebody else. I asked them and they were kind to me. I think that, I think that there are those times where we can help each other with things. But I think at the end of the day, we have to do something that costs us. We, in scripture, it talks about God searches our hearts. And at the end of this, it says, I did not know you, therefore stay awake. You, you know neither the day nor, nor the hour. How does somebody get to know us? It's not by lip service. Mm -hmm. It's not by telling them what they want to mm -hmm. hear. God gets to know us by putting us in a situation where the outcome might look the same on the outside, but what happened in your heart? What yeah. decisions did you make in your heart before the final decision was made? Those are the things where it could cost us our job. It could cost us our friend group. It could cost us some financial money, but I think there's things that come into our lives on a month, week, daily basis where we get to make these decisions. I want to 
do the right thing, it's going to possibly cost me, um, or I get to kind of go through the motions of things. And, and it's just a reminder, pick up your cross daily and follow him. It, it should cost us, and we shouldn't be, I don't know, hanging on to somebody else saying, hey, hey, give me your oil, or give me your God story, or give me your... I, I mean, I think there's wisdom in getting counsel. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, we have to say, hey, I got on my face in prayer. I got into the Word. I, I went to the church, the Bible group. I talked with the friends that I knew would give solid spiritual counsel. At some point, we have to do that for ourselves. You know, it's interesting. We broke this open earlier in the week. A friend of mine started out and saying, well, this, this sounds like a mean gospel. Aren't we supposed to share things? Aren't we supposed to, you know, if someone's missing a tunic, we give them a tunic. Yes, you know, aren't we supposed to share? This sounds like it's mean. And, you know, it took some time of prayer to say, you know, well, let's look at this. And I shared with this man, I said, you know, the reality is we're all given personal choices during our life. Our yes is, it can't be lip service. It's a call to action. Uh, the fruit of our yes is works of love. And so throughout a whole life, if a person just gives lip service, and doesn't produce that oil, those works of love, you can't give what you did, your merits, to them. You're not God. We must make our own personal choices, our own response to the invitation. So helping him understand he's not God, as much as maybe you'd like to, it's not up to you. Those merits, those good works, those attaboys from the Father, they're because of your choice your yes, that Jesus Christ chose to do those good works in you, with you, and through you. And you can't give your merits away to someone undeserving who had their lifetime to do what they needed to do, to not make it just about lip service. And then at the end of the day, say, hey, let me have some of your merits. I was, I was close to Cameron in his walk, so hey, bring me along too. No, it's each and every one of us. It's our own personal choice to say, yes, Lord, you're Lord of my life. You sit on the throne of my heart. I'm all in. Use me for your purpose. My morning prayer is always, Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, with me, and through me. Holy Spirit, please light our path. And Father, join with us in this great adventure you created me for. And then the second of that is, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your yes in choosing to live in me, with me, and through me. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for the good works you choose to do in me, with me, and through me. I don't do the good works. The Lord Jesus does them in me, with me, and through me. Having that heart of gratitude, that childlike awe and wonder, that heart of thanksgiving is critically important in our journey home to the Father. Because unless we become like one of these little ones, these children with awe and wonder, grateful hearts, spiritual pride slips in and ends up blinding us, deafening us, and we end up thinking, huh, I'm good to go. Really? Look at what all I did. Really? That's why the center of sin is I, S-I-N. The center of pride is I, P-R-I-D-E. 
Wow. <clears throat> Something I'm just seeing here now. It says, go instead to the merchants to buy some for yourselves. When they're talking about the oil and they're asking uh, the wise versions for their oil. Where are the merchants located? They're located in the marketplace. I, th I think this is... I don't think it's by accident. It's merchants. Um, we have to understand that we are not of this world, but we are in this world. It is healthy to be in the marketplace. And that is a place where there might be times where you're going to have to do something that will cost you. But the, but the goal of this is to fill up your flask with oil. Again, it's back to that heart posture. But in the marketplace, it could be your friend group. It could be where you work. It could be at your school. It could be with your kids' friends and their families. There's, I, I, think, I think we have to understand this is not just like, um, hey, let's, let's relegate some of this to church life. Let's put this stuff in a box here. Let's put it in a box there. This is everything we do. This is everywhere we are. There's, and, and the idea that we think we could ask somebody else for some of their oil, I think this parable is saying, hey, you see somebody else has oil? It's almost like a testimony of that's possible. Like when, you, when I hear a testimony, it's like, okay, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He can do this. It, it, I don't know what it does, but it like elevates my faith. Like, whoa, I've never heard of that cool of a story. That just gives me faith for a, a whole nother dimension. But I think that hearing those kinds of testimonies, it's an invitation for us. Like, do we hear a testimony of, Somebody was sick and, um, you know, there were prayers and now they're better. The next time somebody says, I'm not feeling well, where does our mind go? Oh, bless you, brother. Oh, I hope it. Or does it go to, hey, you know what? Uh, let, let's go ahead and pray for that right now. And I'm going to keep you in my prayers. You know, if we say that with a heart of honesty, um, but those interactions, those stories we hear are those times where, I don't know what to say, we're tested or we're put on the line. Those things are going to happen out in the marketplace. And I think the goodness of God is he shows us over and over his goodness and what he is able to do with people, through people, in people. Um, that should be an invitation for us to say, Lord, I need you in this situation. Absolutely. And I'm going to go back to the sentence. It says, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the Bible, falling asleep is really a terminology for, for death. And I think that this really, this gospel tells us, you know what? All of us, we're all going to become drowsy towards the end of our life. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fall asleep, as they say it, or we're going to pass away as far as in, we're going to die. But then it says all of them basically woke up because now it's, here's the bridegroom. It's time. This is it. What it's also saying is there's no second chance. Right. Once you pass away, you've had a lifetime, however long that was, to give your yes and then live your yes, which the living of the less yes is the book of James. Uh, 
Faith without works is dead. And so for those works, they're works of love. They're the fruit of your yes. So I think this Bible verse is extremely clear. After death, you can't fill your lamps. You can't buy or borrow from somebody else's good works. You can't go buy them in a, the street market. You had your opportunity. You made your choice. And here's key. Even the virgins that didn't fill their lamps or didn't have extra oil, they called him Lord, Lord. They knew. They knew about the bridegroom. Yet, they failed to act on it. They failed in love. So for me, it's not a second chance. And we, in the Catholic Church, understand purgatory, that period of purgation, is not a second chance. It's those saints that have said their yes, yes, and to the best of their ability, have lived out and grown in goodness and holiness, however, aren't fully perfected in that. And that's that period of the time of death until we enter the gates of heaven, where which whatever is not of Christ is burned off through the love of God. And that which is of Christ is purified, which is represented in, I think it's 1 Corinthians, the hay and the stubble and the wood will be burned off, but the gold and silver will be refined. And there'll be suffering because we will, we will ache in our hearts as we realized all the times we failed to love, all the times we hurt others. As we go through that purgation period, we don't know how long that is. God's outside of time. We then, in that moment, get to enter heaven. But the key is, not a second chance. You have your chance every morning you wake up to say our yes every day and live love through our action. That's so good. Just to confirm what you're saying, that moment in time that talks about they came drowsy and fell asleep, it said at midnight. Mm. So midnight is it's like, close. that's it. Yeah. You know, the Bible also talks about like, you know, in the 11th hour. Right. And that's kind of like, hey, this is the last home stretch. Um, you know, like there's an hour until the moment. And right there, it says they all became drowsy, fell asleep. And then boom, at midnight, there was a cry. Behold the bridegroom. So I think we can take that into account with the parable we're looking at now. But it also helps confirm other parables or other times where it does talk about, hey, in the 11th hour, uh, but this is the one. So just confirming what mm -hmm. you're saying. Um, and then jumping more towards the end here, verse 13, where it says, amen, I say to you, I do not know you. And that's in the Bible, other places as well. It's this idea of, hey, didn't I... Uh, cast out demons in your name. Didn't I do this for you? Didn't I do that for you? Didn't I? And he says, I, I didn't know you. Like, get, get away from me. So here he's using it in the parable of saying, I don't know you. And then his instruction is, therefore, stay awake because you don't know the day or the hour. And I think, I think part of him getting to know us isn't just this, Hey, end of the day, Lord, did you see, here's the list of five things that I did for you. I think he gets to know us with that. I don't know. For me, it's like this internal heart. I feel like I'm always having a conversation with him where I'm either bouncing an idea off of him or he's speaking to my heart about a situation. I think he wants to know us in that intimate way that you would know a partner and 
you almost know their thoughts and they know your thoughts. That's beautiful. And that's exactly where I, I was at. You know, amen, I say to you, I do not know you. And that the other scripture verse is where these, these guys say, whoa, 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 Lord, oh, excuse me. Remember, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. I did this in your name. I did that in your name. So again, tie it back to James, the gospel of James. Faith without works is dead. So that's the lip service here. But in the other verse, it's works without faith is dead. Without Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. You can't take the breath you just took. When you realize that, it's called humility. I did nothing. Jesus Christ chose to do it in me, with me, and through me. The pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. And this, this verse, I did not know you, is a marital term. This know is a, is a term of endearment, of, of, of intimacy. The more intimate we get with Christ is, the more time we invest with him the more we continue to consume him, both in word, the sacred scriptures, but also in the Eucharist, the most intimate form, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We consume the Lord. The more we do that, the more we reflect Christ in the world, the more you get to know him, and he deeply draws into that us into that intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that marital intimacy, because again, it's related right here, the bridegroom, the bridegroom. We're all called to be bride, just like Mary. Open up to receive, to conceive Jesus in our hearts and take Jesus to others, works of love. Wow. Yeah, I love this. So going back into it, what good is a lamp without the oil? What good is oil without the lamp? So what that reminds me of is, it says, his word is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. If we just have that head knowledge, if we just have that, okay, the word, it's a lamp to my feet, got it. If, if, if we don't merge the lamp with the oil, you're not going to see the flame. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to not just take this into, uh, okay... I know he's the Lord, Lord, right? Think of the foolish virgins. I'm not going to bring the flask of oil. I'm going to fall asleep like everybody else does. And, you know, they're the ones who come knocking on the door when it's too late, and they still call him Lord, Lord, so they knew he was Lord. Uh, as opposed to the ones that didn't just see the importance of the lamp, but they also saw the importance of the oil. Do we see the importance of the oil? Um I think that's I think that's something we have to ask ourselves are are we carrying lamps without oil are there times where we're carrying oils without lamps the goal is to have a light the goal is to stay awake um but a lamp's not oil and oil's not a lamp so how do we make those things in our individual lives how do we see those things merging together coming together I think that's I think that's a, a lifetime journey for each of us. And I think it's faith and works. Yeah, exactly. You can have all the faith you want, but if there's no works, bingo. it's head knowledge, not heart. You can do all the good stuff in the world, but if it's all about doing good stuff, even using the Lord's name, yeah. for your own self-glory, it doesn't count. So I put down, it's about the motivation of the heart. Bingo. I'm telling you, God searches our heart 
Because in a marriage, it's about two hearts that connect. It's about this, I am yours and you are mine. It's, it's the four pillars of God's love, free, total, faithful, fruitful, fruitful. So for me, those four pillars, they go into this relationship with God because you cannot have that relationship. It needs to be free. You can't buy it or go into the merchants and go buy it. It needs to be faithful. You know, it needs to be total. I'm all yours. You're all mine. And then it needs to be fruitful. And that fruit is the works of love. So humility, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't do anything. Thank you, Lord, for choosing to do it in me, with me, and through me. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me to where I'm at today. Because let me tell you what, you can go to Mass every day. You can go to confession every week. You can pray a rosary every day. You can do all this stuff and still not know the Lord because it's really about a heart connection. It's about recognizing that God is our Father. It's about recognizing you're his precious son, you're his precious daughter that he delights in. It's about going to him, Daddy, Father, come with me today. Let's go fishing. Let's take a walk. Father, you're welcome into the bedroom and into the boardroom, into every aspect of my life. Father, I'm all yours. Let's do this dance together. I'm telling you, it's divine intimacy. It's awe and wonder of a little child, recognizing your true father in heaven, and then growing ever deeper in that divine intimacy. I love it. So as we put our faith and works together, it's going to point people to the light. As we put our lamp and our oil together, it's yes. going to produce a light. So we all have a, a chance all the time, and, and my prayer for me, for you, for you, for us, for, for those listening, is that we will, like we opened with prayer, we will have eyes to see those opportunities, we'll have ears to hear those opportunities, and we'll respond accordingly, because we don't want a life of faith without works, and we don't want a life of works without faith. Um, wow. It's always fun. As you dive into these Gospels, I, I feel like even the things that we're unpacking from it right now, I, I don't know if I've made those connections before ever. Um, unpacking the Gospel is, yeah, one of the joys of the Holy Spirit breathing on it. So I, I would encourage our listeners with that as well. And you know what? Jesus taught using parables. Ladies and gentlemen, we have everyday stories, life events. Ask God what he wanted to teach you in those, and then share your stories, how God used this story to bring you closer to him. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be lights in the world that draw people to Christ. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.